As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV podcast number nine. Um, yeah, we've got some, it's, I've got some interesting stuff to discuss this week. We're doing this slightly earlier than we did last week, so it means I'm, I'm, I'm more comfortable talking about the previous game, which is good because it was a good win um, against the Baggies. But yeah, before we do though, Chris, I want to kick us off with a question from ahead, Richard Daniel, who says, who is your favourite of the Liverpool celebrity fan? It's interestingly phrased. Who's your favourite celebrity Liverpool fan? Are you are you pointing me towards you here, Paul? <laughs> you know, I like you more than most no. people. Uh, well, that's good to know. Um, but no, no, not in the slightest. Because they didn't say whether it was A list or Z list. That's true. So it's you. Oh, that's really creepy. Um, you, I, I honestly thought you would have gone with Daniel Craig. No, no, not Daniel Craig. No. Um, Is that because you don't like him as Bond? No, I just don't really like it. Never mind Bond. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, it never really seems to bother me. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson is probably that's, is probably up there to be honest with you. Correct answer, isn't yeah. it? And then Mike Myers. I like Mike, Mike Myers. Mike well. Myers is who I would have gone for because of the whole the Wayne's World inspiration of Redman TV and what have you. Interestingly enough, when Mike Parry really did that kick off, though, do you? Nah. I don't know, I don't not care. Um, I, the, don't, I do not care. Yeah, it, it, when, when Mike Paddy was kicking off about James Bond, uh, I, I, being a Liverpool fan, and it was not written by Ian Fleming as a Liverpool fan, I didn't see him mentioning that Austin Powers wasn't written, written as a Liverpool fan. That's double standards, Mike well, Paddy. Didn't Mike Myers write Austin Powers, so technically he could have been a it Liverpool been, fan. Could have been, but he'd also... It was back when Liverpool used to win trophies as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. Let's know your, let's know your favourite Liverpool celebrity fan. Um, before we crack on, actually, we always do this at the end of the podcast, and we always promise to do it at the start. If you enjoy the Red Men TV podcast, if I'm you like done. it, Paul. Please do leave it a rating uh, and a review. And what we're going to do from next week, as we haven't prepared it for this week, is we're going to start reading the, the best reviews out nice. on the podcast from next week. So, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. And I don't know if you can do it on any other podcasting app, but it can't hurt if you do it there. And we'll read through your reviews next week. Um, so, yes, Chris Pajak, Liverpool beat West Brom. I thought we were going to get the questions from there as well. 
the questions from the reviews. That's news to me. Yeah, I think that's what we decided as well. Okay. I think we should. Well, that it's sounds, just, like, it's, it sounds like almost saying like we didn't decide it because we, it's we the first have just decided it. Book sound, okay. Um, whatever. We'll, 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 if we will write interesting things in the reviews, we'll read them. If we will write nothing, then we'll read nothing. Um, and we'll continue. I believe people our... are going to type the word nothing. Now? I would. Yeah, now? Well, we're not, uh, uh, whatever. Do it right, nothing. I, you know what I mean? But, but the word nothing, not nothing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, also, if, if you want to watch, if you're ever wondering what we do during the dead air on this show, you can watch uh, on the redmentv.com the video version of this, which is extended normally by about 10 to 15 minutes with some more of your questions at the end. Go and watch that. Go and subscribe. Yada, yada. Um, so, we move on. Yes. West for, Brom, for you, For any of you listeners who are wondering, uh, we do have uh, an ongoing hour-long game of rock, paper, scissors. Okay, we don't. <laughs> we really but, but sign you'll up never anyway. Know. You'll never know. There's people in the co- people writing reviews going, they don't. Watch the video version and they don't. Liars. Um, we should do, though. We should do. But we're not going to. Come on, Paul. Um, one, two, three. No, that's not how you play rock, okay. paper, scissors. But okay. I've failed. Well done. Okay. Um, West Bromwich Albion at the weekend. One, two, three. Ah, in your face. Um, so, West Bromwich Albion at the weekend. If you want to know who won that, well, I'm mean, going to pretty much give it away, but do watch the video version. Um, yeah, I, kind of, I feel like we're going to be saying this a lot between now and the end of the season, provided we win these games, of course, but hard-fought win, great three points, feeling ultimately very satisfied with life off the back of it. Um, I... I I feel like I don't want to get too carried away with it at this point. I was really enjoying it yesterday and obviously on the Sunday, but I do feel like we're starting to get into this. It, we're well in the grind now, aren't we? And mm-hmm. I'm very much of like, that was a nice three points. It would have been a lot easier if teams around, more teams around us had dropped points, but doesn't it mean that more rides on next week and the week after and the week after? Exactly? Yeah, I think I love this part of the season, to be honest. I, this is... This is the part of the season that we're not normally involved in. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been far too few years where, with five games to go, you're looking up and down the table wondering, oh, well, if this happens and this happens, yeah. what does that mean for us and blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm at the point where I'm looking at goal difference with Man United <laughs> because the Man United result has tinted the West Brom result at the weekend for me slightly mm-hmm. because... Because they went plus one. Well, they got one. Well, they, they clawed a goal back on us in goal difference there. Two, wasn't it? We got plus one. They Didn't they win two now? Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so one, but more from the fact that, you know, they're six points behind us and the fact that they won, the goal difference has come off the back of that. Yeah. But the fact that they won and won convincingly against Chelsea in a game that I marked is a tough one between two mm. and the left ones. So we were sat here two weeks had. ago looking at it. Exactly, exactly and, and you look at it and you think, wow, what a performance by Manchester United. And that really puts the pressure on us even more so now. I was hoping that us getting the victory before they kicked off would have really messed with their heads. And it looks like Mourinho, first and foremost, got his tactics spot on mm. against Chelsea. Yeah. You know, the fact that the man marked Eden Hazard and, the, and you know, Herrera completely pocketed him, we just, just took him out of the game completely. We discussed, I don't know whether it was last week on any of our shows, but we were discussing in the office certainly this, this idea that Mourinho has often found the game plan and shown people the way yeah. to play against teams. Now, will that mess up Chelsea's chances? Who knows? But what it does mean is that Manchester United are hot on our tails. The five goals behind us in goal difference. Now, two games in hand, it's conceivable that they can get their level or go ahead of us with a couple mm-hmm. of good victories. And, you know, this is the great part of the season. And it's going to be difficult for Liverpool. We need to keep grinding these results out. But I think we've shown over the last week and a half 
that we are up to the challenge. What was great about the the, the most encouraging thing about the West Brom one is that we've had too many times this season where we get a good result and you think, that's it, we've proven we can do something, and then the next week we don't back it up, mm. we don't do it, or we you know we 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 don't continue that um, momentum, and although this was very much, this was a different win, it was a completely different win and achieved in a, in a completely different way to to the Stoke one, um, it for me it did that. I think it gives team the team confidence, and you talked about this I think on the final word about how. It, there's a, is there a mentality? Is there a mentality there issue with the with the team, and is there a, is there a fear factor creeping into their play because they're aware of the teams around them and they're aware of the the pressure of the, of the situation? The more you start to do stuff that people don't necessarily expect you to do or whatever, the more you believe you can, the more you believe you can do it. And as I say, that's the thing. It's just a, a crying shame that we didn't get the three points against Bournemouth because if we come back and won that, and then we have the win against, and then that that's. You almost go all of your fears are dispelled on that. Whereas the Bournemouth one lingers, but the more distance we put between us and that Bournemouth results, I think us as fans and us and and them as the players will think, yeah, this is fine. This is this is absolutely. This, this is what I think footballers don't realise more than more than anything else. And what, one of the reasons that I think the media affects them so much is that footballers don't realise that they're the authors of their own stories. Mm. You know, so the many... Authors? T- the authors? of their own oh, stories. <laughs> and I think one of the... Th- what, what I mean by that is, you know, journalists write on what they see. Yeah. And it's... And, and, and it's, you know, Liverpool can't play like this. Liverpool need this player. Liverpool struggle against blah, blah, blah. Just go out there and prove that you don't. Mm. And they will write the story. The, the story after the West Brom game was Liverpool win ugly. Yeah. You know, they can do it. And that's what Liverpool players and, and you know, Premier League players all around the country need to remember. Yeah. That it's in their hands. It's not the authors. It's not yeah. the journalists. It, has no, it makes no difference to yeah. them. I, They've got to go out there and prove it. I would look at that result uh, against a Tony Pulis side and think how many times, and this is, a, you know, this is someone like Lucas, it would work it, it definitely in, in his mind because he's been here for, you know, best part of 10 years. How many games we've played against Tony Pulis and sides of that ilk Pardon me. Um, where in the last five minutes of the game, we've been throwing the kitchen sink at them, trying to get that goal, trying to get ourselves back into the game. We made Tony Pulis do that. You know, we we made him panic so much and be so desperate for points that he threw his fucking goalkeeper up front. If that if there's if there's ever been a clearer sign that what we're doing is working. It's when managers who will always play for a draw and believe they can nick something on the counter or nick something from a set piece, if he's panicking to the point where he's letting his goalkeeper run to the point where he would almost get, he would take losing 2 0 or 3 0 to try and get a, get a point. <laughs> Tony Pulis in your face, mate, because that's. That's brilliant. I can't even th- imagine a, you know imagine Roy Hodgson doing or imagine like Sam Allardyce doing that or something like that. You'd be it'd be bo- mind boggling. I don't think we've even shown enough. We, we've said it's the least pulist thing ever. We've done a bit on that, but when you think about it, like we've we've been on the receiving end of that so much that makes me feel so happy. Um, and again, like we said, feeds into this. Hopefully, I don't say, I say comfort factor. I don't mean that in, in like in terms of like getting lazy with it all, getting whatever, but. 
it should make us all feel loads more relaxed that Liverpool actually have got a handle on this situation mm. for the moment at least well yeah they did and they, they've proved I, I just love the fact that they went out there and they proved that they can do it and the way in which we scored the goal is magnificent as well mm. because all the story was about how many goals West Brom scored from set pieces and headers and all this type of stuff and Lucas Labour gets an assist from a set piece mm-hmm. and Firmino gets the goal yeah. and you just go fuck off yeah. fuck off this is Liverpool we'll do it our way yeah. and if you think that we can't do it stand up prove it and just go out there and, and, and be men on the football field and get the result that your team needs and that's what we've done yeah exactly and it is the thing that this side because you don't need those goals when you're playing free throw and attacking football and you're blitzing sides and you're falling up who gives a shit it's you know you it's like anything it's like it, it's like having a, a tube of toothpaste. When you've got a fresh tube of toothpaste, you, you know what I mean. You, you, you've got toothpaste abandon. Whereas when you get to the end of the toothpaste and you try to you try to wring every little sing, single bit of it, you become more appreciative of the dregs of a, of a roll of toothpaste. And, and because it's better to have toothpaste than not have toothpaste. And this is where we're at this season. Is that we've just won a game with a with, with a set piece goal. You need those. You know, we, you can't afford to, to 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 abandon those things. And it does look like. It would be nice to see us again go, you know, guns free. You know, start start slaughtering teams, kind of like what Spurs do at the moment. But where we are and with the injuries that we've got and whatever, I'm so pleased that again we've managed to engineer a win that didn't require us to carve a team apart. It didn't require us to do this and that. No, you don't want to rely on that week in week out, but you need that string to your bow. You need that that arrow in your quiver etc etc and um, it's something we haven't had enough of and it, it shows again a, a level of tactical awareness it shows a level of planning it shows a level of training that's been going in around these games and we're not we, we were worried a month ago two months ago probably more you know coming out of January that we're not even got the players to play the when we when we haven't got our best players. How do we get wins? And we we were we, we were really worried that we were just going to continue to plough the same fields. You know what I mean? Do the same shit with lessening returns. Again, another encouragement for me for the rest of the season is you no. Know, we've clearly got we've got a different tactical approach, and we're we're trying different stuff on the training ground as well. Puts us in good stead. It does, and I, I think you know the point you make about the training is 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 a really good point because you can see clearly that this formation that we've kind of been forced into the the sort of hybrid let's go hybrid four three 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 at the back like the players look like they're getting more comfortable with it now and it's a way of getting Firmino and Coutinho and we've talked about this so many times about them getting into positions where they can affect football matches you know Divock Origi I, I still think we're almost playing a player short yeah. we're almost playing with 10 men at times but Divock Origi's doing enough of a job that yeah. we're, we're managing to find a way to get victories and you know whether it's set pieces whether it's someone stepping up like Lucas and assist that's more assist than Henrik Mkhitaryan this season for Lucas Leiber I'm just going to say that there I'm just going to say that right there he's got Two assists this season. That's more than Henrik Mkhitaryan. <laughs> that's amazing. I can't. I, I, I should have watched this back better. For the offside goal, mm. was a Rigi offside or was Firmino offside? Firmino was offside. Sam, well, that's one of them, isn't it? Again, to to Rigi's credit, he's get he's doing more. He's still doing reasonably the right stuff. As we said, he he struggled to hold the ball up, but he got better at that as the game went on. And on another day, but barring a couple of inches and what have you, could have been on the could have been on the score sheet. And you start until his goal return for a, a season where he's been poor by his own standards that he set last at the back end of last season. Starts to look really good and that's it's 
I think that's the mark of, of a player of talent because here's, here's the difference at the minute between him and Daniel Sturridge, say. And Daniel Sturridge is unquestionably an incredibly talented footballer, but he's not scoring he's not scoring goals when he gets even his limited opportunities. So yeah, Div- Divock Origi, you're right, he doesn't quite fit. And there is, that's, it's to our credit, I think, all around that we are, as you, as you say there, rightly getting the um, getting three points regardless. Um, so yeah, fantastic win. We move on. Um, just one one piece of news, obviously that's come out sort of in the week. We, again, if you if you watch the final word show, we all know we did some of this, but we'll, I think it's worth picking up on the discussion because since recording, then Lucas Lever has been interviewed or come out himself and talked about his future, and he's yeah. we kind of very. He's actually said. He's got the, the the conclusion that I think we we come to ourselves in that he will sit down with the club and he will sit down with the manager at the end of the season and work out where he, work out where he stands. And I, to be honest, I I love Lucas Lever's attitude, Chris, and I love the fact that he's gone. I've got five games to focus on here. I'm going to focus on them. If they want me, I'll stay. If they don't, I'm not bothered. I'll go and find go and find football. That's 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 the end of it. Yeah, well, I don't th- I don't think it was quite that cut and dry. I think you know one of the things that that I'd read from the quote, and I, I'm going to paraphrase because I can't remember it verbatim, is that he'd said playing um, playing time will will be a factor in this. And I, this, you know, again, this is what we talked about on the final word show is that Lucas Lever feels that he can contribute. The the, the words that he used were, "I'm 30. I'm not 35, 36. Yeah. I still think I've got many years left at yeah. the top level." And I think that's right because you know. Lucas Lever. He's not getting any slower. He's not. He's not. But, it, you know, again, I've talked about this a few times and it's, it's an NFL thing, so I fully expect your eyes to glaze over. <laughs> but uh, Tom Brady talked about how at this age of his career, his body's his body's the same as it was ten years ago, but he's seen everything that anyone can throw at yeah. him now and he's enjoying football more. And they're saying, well, when are you going to give up? Because he's nearly 40 years old. And he's like, I've seen it all. This is it's becoming easier for me now. Yeah. I'm not going to give up when it's just got good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've seen every defense, every every pass rush. I know exactly how everybody plays. Lucas Lever's the same. He's been in this league for ten years. Give or take, he knows probably he's played against ninety percent of the players he's going to yeah. come up against already. You know, he knows his skill set. He understands his body. It's about utilizing that in a way that Liverpool can get the best out of him. He's utilized in all different positions. He has a level of experience. The squad that we don't have without yeah. him but you know he wants his game time and he feels he deserves that mm-hmm. and I do too Yeah, you know I love Lucas Lever but if he thinks I want to go I'll back his decision oh God, because that means that Liverpool don't think he's going to we're not going to be able to offer him as many games as he feels he he, he deserves and yeah. you know what he's been a great servant he's been great by all accounts with the Spanish speaking members of the squad yeah. you can see the fact that he's a captain on the field whether he wears the armband or not mm-hmm. he gives his all 100% of the time yeah. and you know it's football. Sometimes it doesn't go quite as planned. Sometimes you have good days and sometimes you have bad days. On the whole, over his ten years, you have more good days than bad days. I, if I, he said that himself, didn't he? He said, "I've had some good games in this season and I've had some bad performances." Every footballer, every footballer has that. And again, it, it shows a strength of it shows a mental strength that he has. And I think if you if you really look at Lucas, you can tell you see, the lad is or the fella is chock full of mental strength because you'd have to be to have been at Liverpool this long just to get through what he got through in his first few seasons. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And that's, that's the thing, you know. I, I think he. he, he I hope in, in the fullness of time he'll be remembered fondly. I think he he will always struggle because of he he will always carry that stigma with him from the early days, and of course Liverpool have been, have had such a barren spell you know since he since he's been at the club. And I would like I would genuinely like him to get it. I would like to see him have another season um, for what because here's the thing, he's only going to be thirty one. 
And if, if he if he believes that he's got many more years left in him, he might as well see his contract out because I don't see that the money we're going to get from selling Lucas Leiva with a year left on his contract is is the value to keeping someone like that. Even if you honestly, even if you have to lie to him and tell him he's going to play more games than he than he maybe will, you never know. We we get all... insights into your footy manager techniques. No, here no, more. true, true. But here's the thing: you know, you probably you probably will never need. You probably won't need him next season if you buy another defensive midfielder. But we also know that Liverpool have got horrific history with with injuries to important players. And what if you look at us right now? Thirty eight months of football missed this season alone on our injuries, Paul. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, and, and it's 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 interesting that I think we. I mean, I think we're we're, we're still around the average for the Premier League in in a, in a general sense, but. The fact of the matter is, no one would have predicted Lucas getting this much game time, and that he needed a centre back or, or DM. And the fact that he has is testament to how these things can how these things can happen. And what we what we again with what we were saying on the final word is, you're looking to expand your squad because there's more games to play, and you want to be playing more games at a top level. If we <laughs> We are. We would consider ourselves to be a couple of men light for what we're trying to achieve this season. If we're looking to add another fifteen games or whatever at a at a really tough competitive level, and people will be expecting if we finish top four, people will expect more from the league mm. as well next season. I think I can't see a world where whether we might plan for Lucas to only play. Uh, you know, I said ten. You said five. Even if the, the plan is either of those figures. Odds are he'll play at least that, and you would imagine more, just because again, let's just let's take a let's take ten years of Lucas's career yeah. and analyse how many times we've had those deep injuries. I think I, th- I can't remember exactly, but I think he's made nine starts in the Premier League this season. I think he's made twenty four appearances in total, or something like that, mm-hmm. just in the Premier League. So he's a he's a guy who's been utilised a lot yeah. in in many different ways as well. You know, we've talked, you know, and you mentioned it briefly there about being a DM, being a centre back. It really depends on what Jurgen Klopp's doing with the squad. I think mm-hmm. if he, if there's a move towards three at the back, which we've seen in recent weeks, then you're going to need more centre backs than the four that we're we're currently almost yeah. planning to have for mm-hmm. next season. If there's going to be three centre midfielders, then you know he might be more of a centre midfielder yeah. option and stuff like that. So it really does. It's a, it's about how this squad's going to take shape and where Lucas fits into that. I, I mean, I. I'd love, to, I'd love to see him at the club. I wonder why we're not asking these questions about James Milner at 31 now. Why Lucas at 30, the questions are being asked. Is it literally down to the fact that his contract has a year to go? Because mm. Milner's older. Yeah. Milner's I'm, older, and yet we, we we seem to be fairly comfortable with him being a first teamer next well, season. But that's the point, is that he is a first teamer, isn't he? There's a difference, isn't there? Because Lucas Lever. Well, James Milner's had opportunity and, he, and he's proved it, hasn't he? Whereas I think we'd all say that. And that's maybe that, and again, you can see the management trust as well. Lucas Lever's never first choice in that squad. He's he's behind. He's definitely he's easily behind what Henderson and M. Chan. You'd say whatever. But you pop you pop James Milner in a week ago into centre midfield. Oh, horrendous! He doesn't look anywhere near as good as Lucas in no, centre no, midfield. No, no, no. And there's a guy who's a year older. He yeah. got the nod over Lucas in that game. Yeah, that happened once, and Lucas came back in. Yeah, and, and puts a great no, performance. It isn't. Yeah. I think in some respects, Lucas Lever's actually fallen foul of being a bit younger than a bit too young because no, no, no a bit, but hear me out because I you can see where I remember when he was injured under Brendan Rodgers and, and um, Rodgers sent him on scouting trips for them sent him around Europe to, to, to look at players and what have you and Lucas is a very is a big student of the game 
and it wouldn't shock me to see him go into coaching off the back of it. And he, he Lucas Leiva's got all the hallmarks of a player who will, who, who will end up back at Liverpool yeah. in in years to come as an assistant manager or a, or a, or in, in, in a coaching role. You know how you see um, like Rafa always picks up someone who's relevant to a, to a club. So you see like Bolo Zenden's gone back in, in in coaching and that kind of stuff. It wouldn't shock me to see him there, but he he could probably. You know, he could probably go away and do a few years in uh, around the world, play. You know, get get a good game time in Italy or Turkey or you know maybe a lower end in, in La Liga or something, and, and come back. But it's a shame because I wouldn't mind seeing Lucas Leiva see his contract out. But the fact is, he's only going to be thirty-one when he sees his contract out, and it's not like see your contract out and then move into the coaching staff. He's like, no, hang on, I've got like four more years left in my legs here. Oh, sure. oh shit. Okay, well. Enjoy the next four years, mate. We'll see 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 how you get on. It's a, it's a pity because I wouldn't like us to lose what Lucas brings to the, the you know the squad. That experience, that mentality, that the can do attitude and, and what have you. You know, you get rid of him, and you get rid of maybe I, I can't see Milner being moved on. Clavan might well go. How many players have we got who were over thirty oh, in the squad? Well, it's not just I I think when you look at Clavan and Lucas this season. They've done really good jobs, admirable jobs, in that every time they seem to start, it seems to be last minute, like last 24 hours for an yeah. injury. And there's not many players in our squad who I trust to drop in on 24 hours mm. notice and play in a position oh, that they're, they're unfamiliar with. Lucas has done that brilliantly all season long. Yeah, he's had a few bad games. Everybody had bad games. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, when, you, when you're getting dropped into a squad with minimal notice, when the, when the team have been training a certain way all week long... And then you're dropped in and supposed to do a job that you're not fully comfortable with. Mm-hmm. I think more that more often than not, he's done a great job. Yeah, absolutely, completely agree with that. So yeah, obviously more on that as it as it follows. I know I, I, the very the bare minimum. I'd like to, I'd like to see I'd like to see him get a testimonial because I don't see that we'll be seeing. He could anyway. be the last ever testimonial. You know what I mean? The last ever Liverpool player testimonial, which would be a shame. Um, so moving ahead, then Palace this weekend. Um, I've got it here because the, the grind continues. I don't see there's any other way to look at it. Crystal Palace have developed the habit. Especially against us, but you know, I think as evidenced by by recent weeks and some of the performances they put in, they can beat teams better than them in the league. Yeah, um, yeah and it wouldn't can. shock them to shock me to see them give us a really good game. I'm tempted to put money on Benteke scoring a one on one. This is. I feel like it's going to be one of the moments in the game. But I, I could you imagine the few if he scores a one on one against us? I is. It, I remember. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I could, I could see that situation being presented, and what will, will, and I think like our season will hinge on whether he takes it or misses it. Because if he misses it, we'll all go, oh yeah, you see, we knew this is what he couldn't do. But if he scores it, you're right. Social media explodes, heads pop left, right, and centre. Yeah, it's. Um, I really, hope, I really hope not. But one, it's one, a request, I bet. Well, it's definitely. Um, just, but, to, just to, you know. Stop it from happening. But it's. It, I'll put all my money on it. What? What a potential here! I don't necessarily. Want Are they the same happen. side without Sacco? Are they the same side without Sacco? We'll we won't know, will we? Until we from earlier on in the season, they're not. Well, it's true. You know, there's a there's a direct correlation between them not being shit and them having Mamadou Sacco in the centre half. Um, yeah, no, that good. You know, and I, I, I think Scott Dan's injured as well. Is oh, lovely. I don't know. I know. I know he got a bad injury a couple of weeks ago. I've not followed them. If I'm perfectly honest, so I won't. I won't. I won't throw any money on that one. Um, but what? What? The interesting thing for this game is. And I'm not saying we should we should have targeted. I'm not saying we should target these players. But 
Andros Townsend and Wilfred Zaha, both mm. in pretty good form at the moment, especially Zaha. Um, Liverpool have a tendency to come up against teams like this mm. in seasons. And one player, no, I, I always go back to the, the Birmingham Cup game where Jermaine Pennant was the, their, their best player by an absolute mile. And everyone was like, yeah, great, get him. And we got him and we were happy. And then he was never that good. Um, but, you know, it wouldn't shock me to see someone like that who you could... Don't be surprised if we're having the conversation next week. Oh, would you take a punt on, on Zaha? Because... I, I, quite frankly, in, in his current form, yeah, God, I, I, I think he looks uh, he's back to looking like the kind of player that was supposed to hit the heights when he when he went to Man United. And they're players to be feared because it's an ally side. We talk about them being defensive, compact. They've got that, pace, that's from three pace on the counter. Yeah, and that, that, you know problems. that's you know we, we were talking about it during the West Brom game about just how easy it is to counter attack against Liverpool. One ball down the middle, a little bit of pace, and we're all at sea, aren't we? And you know the, there are players around the Premier League. Crystal Palace are perfectly set up for it, and mm. their the front three can do that. You know Benteke will will hold the ball up and bring those fast players in, and then look to get into the box. And you know I I do fear that from Crystal Palace. I think that's yeah. their game plan before they've started, but. Equally, like what's happened over the last few weeks when we've proved that we've got time to train for a side, we seem to be well equipped to deal with their yeah. their sort of way of attacking us. And, and, you know, West Brom is a good example of that. Yeah, we had a few opportunities. That happens in football again. It's a 90-minute game. West Brom are always going to get a few chances and stuff. And it's about how Simon Mignolet and the defence hold up to that front three threat. The one thing about this, the Mignolet stuff, because we've done a lot on Mignolet, and, and rightly so, because he's been he's been terrific by and large this season, but especially in the last few games, I I think I also think we've kind of ridden our luck to some extent. What it would be nice, it would be nice to have a situation because eventually those someone's going to score in one of those chances. You know those chances that he's been pulling out, the saves he's been pulling out of his ass, out of the ether, out of out of the magical realm. Um, they're they're not going to happen at some point. Sorry, is that what you call the arse, the magical realm? Um, it depends how good. <laughs> depends how good. It depends how good my days, but um, but the it's that thing of we need to be we need to get in a situation where our three points are not hinged on our goalkeeper having to pull off a world class save because that's where we have been riding the luck, and eventually that is the luck that runs out in these kind of things. We need to make sure that it's. And I said it against West Brom, we definitely, we we definitely got lucky because we had that spell at the start of the second half. Has we had done a lot, have done a lot in recent weeks. I, I know we've got the offside goal, but Milner misses an absolute sitter. We get a couple of opportunities in and around the box. You think back to Stoke, Dejan Lovren it in the crossbar with mm. the header. We cannot afford to be have a have such a, keep having such slender leads in games because. Like I say, eventually we, that, it's going to lead to trouble. I think you're right, and I think the other the other part of that is that I don't think we can afford to have a sloppy start again. You know, the first halves haven't been good enough over the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've gone behind a couple of times in recent weeks. Obviously, West Brom we managed to keep a clean sheet, but I think we're riding our, our luck at both ends of the pitch a yeah. little bit. And um, sorry. Let me rephrase that. I think we're riding our luck defensively, certainly, mm-hmm. uh, but we need to make sure that we're putting our chances away at the top end of the pitch. Yeah, I, I wouldn't shock me to see them approach the game the way the Burnley have approached it, though. You know, go 15 minutes at us, stick balls into the channels, try and stretch us a little bit, um, flick some, get 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 Benteke to hold up. The hope is that I think I could I could see us doing a very similar kind of thing to what we did to Lukaku and what we did to Hal Robson Carnu is that. You know the 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 pincer movement or the 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 Lucas Lovren sandwich. Mm. 
um, and just trying to make she basically take take him out the game to the best of our ability and, and see what we can do. But yeah, if I think if we can hold firm for that first fifteen, where I think that's when Allardyce will take a little spin, he'll go for fifteen, nothing to lose. And if we can ride that out without conceding the goal, I, I could see us striding and growing into the game. But it would be nice. Um, just the first few passes need to hit the man. Absolutely, that'd be lovely. That would, you know, I'm not asking for loads. Not asking for much. But it would be lovely to not have to do what we've done and, and, and put all our eggs in the 45 to 60 minute basket in terms of trying to win a, trying to win a football match. It would be nice to get a goal or two in the first yeah. half. Oh, it would. One, one of the things that I want to see Liverpool do, and, and maybe this isn't what Anfield crowd would like to see, um, is this pass it round from the back. Like I know that we get very het up at Anfield and very nervous when we start to do this but to utilise the goalkeeper to utilise the centre-backs and the full-backs and the reason I think this is a good way of I think first of all you're trying to draw Crystal Palace out mm -hmm. but ultimately I want to tire their attackers out yeah. in those first 15 to 20 minutes so ball possession's fine for me mm -hmm. I'm not I'm not saying let's go and score two goals in the first 15 that would be lovely yeah. that would be best case scenario but even just to get their attackers tired running from side to side chasing lost balls yeah. stuff like that I would love to do that because second half that does open it up a lot yeah. more and I think it is something that we've done over the last few weeks mm -hmm. and I think that's why we've had good second halves just yeah. because we are tiring their attackers out pressing when you don't get the ball is a killer yeah. it's a killer at any level yeah. five aside anything if any you know anyone who just runs Especially around aside, anyone yeah. who runs around chasing the ball will know it's not only physically tiring it's mentally tiring and you tend to start to switch off and that's a good way of Liverpool getting an upper, a foot up in the second half it will be interesting because we I, I kind of hype I, uh, hypothesize that this has actually been our tactical approach. This is our new thing of just save ourselves for this little spell in the second half and what have you. And it'd be interesting if we do it again this week. It's clearly that it clearly is the plan. If we come out like a house on fire in the second half, then you'll know that that's clearly been because that'll be four games on the bounce that we've we, we've tried that approach. And like I said, I don't mind. All all I really want to see is a Liverpool side go, going for the win. Mm. You know, trying to go for the jugular because when we do that. We look at an amazing, an amazing football team, and what you don't want is we. Because I remember, we talked about it, about the Pulis stuff. I remember under Hodgson, we used to do it in the last five minutes of games, and we go ah, McCarthy, exactly. And you go, why can't we do this from the start? Is it because it's not a game plan under Hodgson? It's throw everything forward, which it does feel like a concerted effort. We've had these, we've looked amazing, and what what I, I did again also thought I did mention it might be to do with kicking towards our fans and what have you. Sam Allardyce is the type of prick yeah. who will make us kick oh, yeah. towards the Annie Road end in the second half. Uh, so, you know, get attacking the cop in the field. I'm, I'm jealous. I, I, it's mainly a point because I like to see the goals in front of me when I'm in the cop. Fuck the, fuck the Annie Road ends, if I'm perfectly honest. Um, so, yeah, whatever. Whatever, whatever we're attacking the cop, let's score all our goals then, and I'll be absolutely fine. Absolutely uh, fine. With As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. 
Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, Unless I'm in the Annie Road, then. Well, yeah. Which I don't know. Well, you've got my tickets. Have I? Mm. Oh, sounds. So there, there you go. Laughing. Yeah. Laughing budgets. Um, so, yeah. Um, we will move on. Let's go to get in the bin. Um, picking one thing from football culture to put in the bin and have it never return. Um, now, I, I wanted to throw in West Brom's drums, which I think automatically go in there. But I think given the... Obviously, we've just had the anniversary of Hillsborough. I think... And with the stuff of Everton Football Club finally getting on board with Liverpool Football Club and banning the sun from its grounds, I think you were rightly wanted to Look, put the, I th- the sun. I think I think that's it. You know, it, it's it should have it should already be in the bin. I can't believe it's it's taken <laughs> us nine weeks to get there. But you know, mentally, I think the pair of us put it in the bin twenty odd years ago, mm. uh, twenty eight years ago, and. Look, you can't get away with what the Sun have gotten away with for so long. It's it's almost criminal mm. that the Sun have been able to lambast this city and its people for so long yeah. without any comeuppance. And, you know, a, a fair play to the mayor of Liverpool um, in that he's actually got on board and got onto Twitter and started having a go. And he, he started criminal, well, he started a, a criminal case with the Merseyside police against them for racial slurs and stuff because somebody's got to stand up to this rag of a newspaper because yeah. it's been far too long. You know, we all know the Hillsborough connotations, but what they did against Ross Barkley is yeah. is despicable. Yeah, you know, absolutely despicable. And it's not just Kelvin McKenzie. It can't just be Kelvin McKenzie. There's t- there's a sub editor and an editor in chief there that should be getting put in the bin yeah. with Kelvin McKenzie and suspended you know it's it, it's very difficult I'm sure in a newspaper for a columnist who is supposed to be you know um you're supposed to stand up there and put view, points of view out there that are going to get people talking. That's what columnists are there for. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I imagine it's difficult as an editor to stand up to your columnist, but you're there to do a job. Mm. And your job isn't to the columnist. Your job is ultimately to the people who buy your newspaper. And, you know, wherever that is. There's got to be a, a certain degree of journalistic integrity, at what, no matter what level, because we... we I don't know and research. We well, we said, yeah. But it's... It, well, yeah, exactly. But the that's the thing about it, is that people laugh. I, people talk about the, uh, like the journalist... Mention the journalist's code and the code of conduct and the, the rules you have to agree to if you want to be a professional journalist. And it is, you you have to tell the truth. You have to... You know, you've got a... You've got a, 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 a a responsibility to, towards what you write and what you what you print and what have you. And people laugh. And people laugh because it's been made uh, an absolute joke of by newspapers, especially like the Sun. Who it, you know again, it's 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 sensationalism first. It's it's looking to stir people up, and it's yeah. I, I, as you say, 
for me, it's moved beyond the Hillsborough stuff. It's just a terrible newspaper, and it's and people can say, well, yeah, you know, look at the the sport. The sport is like the Daily Sport. People outside of the country know, but the Daily Sport is like the the National Enquirer or the, the Inquisitor. It's got that. It's it's almost parody. Yeah, it's almost a parody newspaper. It's, it's that the bad. Onion. It knows exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so close to being the Onion. It's it's, un, it's untrue, but it's with with the Sun. It shows no sense of irony in the way that it, it delivers stuff, and you know, it, there's a it's 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 just you know, poor poor research throughout it, making spurious accusations about people left, right, and centre, and you know, backing taking a weird taking weird political stances along the way. Yeah, it's a terrible newspaper, and it needs to get needs to get in the. And as does Mackenzie, and you know the timing of that article on on he's, Barclay, he, he, he knows what he's doing exactly. And I think that's the that's the the worst thing about him is that he he's almost revels in this character he's created of himself and the thing is that it's not even the problem is it's not even really a character it's just him he's just a horrible piece of work and um he knows he knows exactly he knows he's he's he knows the game that he's playing and that's even worse because i think there's there's something there's something about people who are just idiots and people who are idiots who are uninformed idiots that are hard and that you bang your head against your wall, bang your head against the wall with them. But a lot of that's just, just you know, it's lack of education, it's upbringing, it's you know, pe- people are indoctrinated into a certain way of thinking. It's not always their fault. With him, calculated, he knows exactly what he's doing. That's yeah. what makes it. That's what makes it worse. Look, he's a horrible, horrible re- human. Regardless being. of what I think of the newspaper and the readers of that newspaper. They there are a lot of readers and he sways a lot of people exactly. with his views well, and you know we're still recovering from that yeah. article in 1989 yeah. that was four days after you know the the, the truth one yeah. we're still recovering from the slayers that he he put against oh, yeah, other people, people then people hear hear something people people still take their opinions from headlines because yeah. people don't want to people most I say most people a lot of people don't care to read the full story they're not interested they're just happy to be told an opinion and have it and a lot of them of course don't realise that this is the, this is the way it is um, but you're right the problem is with the, the problem with the sun is that the vast majority of some I'm sure the vast majority of some readers are just nice nice people you know what I mean they're just just because it's just a new it's just a newspaper to a lot of people but this is the thing is they don't realise because again you don't care to scratch beneath the surface it's just something it's part of your daily life the sun is so entrenched in the culture of this country which is that's the only reason why it's still around they've kept they've 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 they've, they've worked their way into people's daily lives it's it's part of you pick it up on pick up your your pick your red top up that's what you do it's part of the it's part of the things that people just do in, in the routine lives and that's why it, it, it has it's been they've so got hard some to get calling it a newspaper anyway oh, it's exactly. far from yeah, it, like. yeah it's, it's a it's a it's a paper it's a paper it's a paper um but yeah uh, hopefully you've got Obviously, Liverpool are on board with this. Everton are on board with it. The, the campaign is now pushing towards Celtic Football Club. Yeah. Wouldn't shock me to see them them follow suit as well. And then, you know, I, I think it will spread from there. And I know there's some division on the, from people who are behind certain campaigns and what have you. And I know there's been an ongoing campaign since 1989 to get the, the sun shut down. I I think there's there are right ways and wrong ways of doing things. I think ultimately we've got to look at what the what the the ambition is and the ambition is to see that paper shut down and whatever whatever it takes almost it kind of doesn't matter I would like to see everyone who's who wants to see that paper shut down get behind the cause no matter who started or who's behind it or who, who's running it yeah, well, because so. if we get it shut down then that's that's uh, it will make this country a better place yeah yeah well said mate. day one well said. Um, but yeah 
drums as well. Drums as well. Drums as well. West Brom. <laughs> Terrible drums. Um, at least they haven't got like. Well, maybe maybe they have got gold celebration music, but I, I don't think they have. But that's. that's Do you know what? That's, I don't even. I don't even day. mind the drums, but I feel like you, we should put it in there for you. It's just uh, oh, just clap, clap your hands bang your seats or whatever anyway listen to questions we've got so many questions this week and so many of them are amazing um, sorry I did just kick, kick you yeah, <laughs> don't do loads Paul it was a, a two footer <laughs> um, so um, we'll start off with a, with a general football one actually QDC football now that Chris Hewton got another team promoted how long before the poor bloke gets turfed again I give him six months what are we on now April that puts it October August, September, October. I'll go November seven. Okay, sweet. Yeah, um, yeah. Poor, poor lad. He keeps keeps having success in the champion. I was thinking this about about Brighton coming up, and they've got um, some of the players that they've got who've obviously been at Premier League level before. There's one whose, whose name it'll come it'll come back to me. Former Palace centre forward. I can't remember his name at the moment, but um, there must be a mentality of Glenn Murray. That's it. Where. You Good get player. to the Premier League, Good yeah. He's a, he's a, at the Championship, he'll score twenty goals a season in the Championship. But there's loads of strikers who do that. Dave Nugent is a great example of the stuff like that. You go to the Premier League, and you must be thinking like, just be quiet, keep your head down, because any chairman with any sense would be like, mate. It's proven that you're not good enough to play at this level. Go and keep keep playing in the Championship and keep putting him. Think, oh God, just let me have another go. Let me have six. Let me have six months. Let me have a year. Let me get to January. Is this who? Uh, no money. Which is both. <laughs> but, but this is this is the thing. I think we got Brighton squads chock full of that. And I was actually thinking about Newcastle as well because Rafa's built a, a, a an amazing Championship team there. Still bottlers, but go ahead. But but maybe. But look at the players that they've got. They've got in there. You, you know who it's built around. It's like it's Matt Ritchie. It's Another former Palace bond, the one who always scores against us. Yeah. Um, again, these are guys who are absolutely smashing the championship everywhere, but Rafa's not soft. Rafa, and again, these guys are all going to be there. And it does make you think, why do... You know, when we, A couple of clubs have done this recently. They, were, they got promoted and bin the manager off straight away. And it makes you wonder why more don't do it. Is, that, is there just too much... Too, uh, too much nostalgia in the championship you know like oh thanks very much you've done such a great job like nah mate you are a terrible pre- you are a championship level manager at best go and get someone else promoted maybe they'll be stupid enough to keep it in the job when you when you go up thanks for your time ta-da because poor old Chris poor old Chris they asked him on, radio, on the radio last night like um, you know since you've last been there obviously you've now got Guardiola and Klopp and Conte you're looking forward to testing yourself against them and he was like yeah yeah really am it's like yeah, I bet you know mate you play, how many games against them <laughs> do you think he'll play I bet you know uh, so yeah poor old poor old Chris Hewitt. Um it's quite a fact actually we're going to go to our main question of the week because it's obviously the title of the podcast I want to make sure it gets plenty of time um, the question was posted was by Harshall Harshall B uh, who had two goes at sending this tweet and he misspelled it and deleted it uh, so I have to wait around for you to send it back in again but thanks very much mate um, out of the six transfer targets which are the ones that I mentioned on the new show this week on the YouTube channel Session Van Dyke, Brandt Cater Ox Lacazette, oh, actually, I didn't mention him. Um, who would you not want to miss out on at any cost? So go through them again for us, mate. Sorry. So, um, the ones that we, uh, Lacazette wasn't mentioned, but you've got Ryan Sessignon, Virgil yeah. van Dijk, yeah. um, Julian Brandt, Naby Keita, uh, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. There was another one as well. Kula Bali, was it? I think was the other, was another centre. Not Tillemans, no. Tillemans, no. Um, okay, well, but, my, my but, answer who would I not want to miss out on? It's Virgil van Dijk, yeah. which is, you know, I have question marks over the others whether they will 
perform at Liverpool. I think they're all great players, mm-hmm. and I think they all they all would suit Liverpool. But I just think that now, I think of it like there's loads of good attacking players. Yeah, there is there's tons that you can still get value from attacking players from around Europe and stuff. I'm sure you can get value from centre backs, but a really great centre back who's head and shoulders above the rest of the, the his peers, I think a few and far between. When did uh, that change? Because that's the completely the converse logic that's always been true in football. Because I think it's uh, like last three years centre backs yeah. have been terrible, haven't they? You just have to look at Man City. I was and, say. You just have to look at Man City and the money that they've spent on centre backs. They've probably yeah. spent close to two hundred million on centre backs in the last four or five years. And they've still got Vincent Company as their best centre back, yeah. who's played five times this season or four times this season. I think, you know, ultimately Liverpool need a goal scorer. We 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 do need a goal scorer. We need a guy who can who can score twenty to thirty goals a season comfortably for us and against teams that we're expected to snot. But having a having a back door that's shut, you know, <laughs> Mourinho has has won league titles on first of all stopping people scoring goals mm-hmm. and then going out and fixing the rest. Well, exactly. And I kind of want us to do that now. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the tricky thing where we are is that when you build the attacking thing first, pardon me, bogey, um, when you <laughs> when you build the attacking thing, definitely worth checking the video out for. Um, um, wasn't on that hand. Um, the, no, it's on the floor down there. It's gone now, we'll leave that to the Hoover. It's never getting hoovered. Um, God, it's going to grow. <laughs> we, yeah, we, 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 when you build the attacking thing in first, it is very difficult to go back and build the defensive stuff because, um, just this, you know, we, we did it under Brendan Rodgers. We've never we've never seen a manager do it that way. We've seen it happen the other way. Benitez did that. He built the defence first, exactly like Mourinho, and then added the attack on top. Here's, so, the, thing, here's the thing, Paul. I, whatever I think about how we need a striker, we are the top scoring side well, in the Premier League. Yeah. Well, we kind of just need to focus no, on the goals again. This is exactly my. This is exactly the point. I completely. Agree. It's why the Van, the Van Dyke thing. I think is is you dead right. I think he is our number one target, and he should be because. Why fix a problem that doesn't exist? You know. Yeah, it would be lovely to have a thirty goal a season centre forward, but. Do we do we do we really need one? No, we, of course we don't really need one. We're scoring goals. We're scoring goals for fun. What we probably need more in attacking sense is just to have to, to have the ability to not move other players from their best positions yeah. when we get injuries. So like we we don't let's not move Lalana ever from that position. All we need to do is what you need is someone to replace Mane and or Coutinho and someone to replace Lalana. So these guys don't have to play yeah. sixty yeah, yeah, games yeah. a season, and or when they're injured, you can you can comfortably you can comfortably handle it without them. So I would say, in that regard, you're probably putting a, a Brandt up, a Julian Brandt up there, um, because again, it allows us to continue. It's is thing. Do you do you want to sus- better sustain what we do well, or fix an area that we need to, that, that that needs fixing? Because I think there's. We could probably win a league title either way, to 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 some extent, because you look at the points where we have dropped. Those 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 games all occurred when we were either missing Mane, Coutinho, or Lallana, or all three. So we could have, you know what I mean? It's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. I, again, it's Van Dijk. Yeah, I do totally agree. Um, that would be a big that would be a big message because again, you t- you're dead right. Look at look at Spurs and Chelsea on our day. I don't think they're that much better than us. But what is the difference? We, again, we've scored more goals than both of those teams, but we have their goal difference is so much better than ours, and that's not because of the goals scored. It's because of the goals. The goals it, it, it totally is. If I uh, rank them, Paul. Um, so yeah, Van Dijk number one for me. 
I would uh, put, I don't know whether it's Julian Brandt or it's someone like that. It's someone to play in the front three. Mm-hmm. I will put his, uh, a second to that. I would have Naby Keita as my third one and then Tiki Pick, Tiki Pick beneath that. Naby Keita for me, I've got a feeling that we will sign Van Dijk or whatever. You know, if we did that, I feel like Naby Keita's got the ability to be like an absolute Liverpool hero within yeah. his first within his first 12 months. He's one of them where we go, okay, yeah, great, we signed him. Brilliant, signed. You know, people aren't going to be doing cartwheels. There's not going to be people tipping ice buckets over their heads outside Melwood when he drives in, that kind of stuff. Um, but this time next year, we'll be sat here going, oh my God, what a signing. What a player he has. He could have that transformative effect on our midfield, um, which would be very nice to see. What about what about yourself? I, funnily, I actually agree with you in the, in the order that you've said as well. Okay. Brilliant. It's unusual. Um, and I just think someone like, because it's been mentioned, hasn't it, that Oxlade-Chamberlain would be a squad player, so fine. You know, yeah. if, he's, if we buy him, great. If we don't, we'll probably buy someone else who does stuff along those, along those him, lines. Right? Yeah, but, but yeah. It, it's about his but what a squad, squad what exactly. a squad player he'd be. That's it. Brandt makes a difference to the first team, I think, mm-hmm. whereas Chamberlain makes a massive difference to squad depth. Yeah, I d- well, I think actually it's, both, it's true for both of them. To be to be fair, I think they no, neither of them necessarily starts the opening game of the season for us if we've got our best eleven in inverted commas fit. But when you're playing a when you've been a, when you've got a Champions League qualifier after your first game of your season and then you've got the second game of your season, it means that one of them comes in and plays that game and, and we look we look just as good for uh, and whatever. So yeah, and and my my fourth target of the summer. And I, I know it won't happen next season, but I'm thinking long term is just get money to give up international football. <laughs> just, just do it. Just start it Shit now. Shit, that means. Yeah. Start it. You're going to travel so far. It's you're not going to win anything. It's terrible. <laughs> you want to do it to yourself? Top break. Yeah. Top I mean, break, if they mate. get to a World Cup, let them have a World Cup. But after that, oh, yeah. You can go to a World Cup. Absolutely fine. This, this African combination's middle of the season. Shit needs to go. And then, of course, what'll happen is. The World Cup will end up getting moved to mid-season. Hopefully, he'll be old and won't play for us by that point. Um, but yeah, the just last thing that we didn't really mention, but yeah, the the Ryan Session thing. I really want him to be like a he's a nice, he's a cherry on top kind of signing for me th- this summer. Someone like that again. He's not he's not going to play a mass amount of games if we signed him, but because he's so highly rated. That's another little message. I, you know, signing Van Dijk when everyone's after him, yeah. or buying another top player that everyone's after is a message. But again, signing that next next great young player, particularly for uh, based in this country, I think will be a big. Would That'd be a, big be a hell of a window that we've just discussed, wouldn't it? Well, absolutely. But then, I think you know, I, th- I I think you're right in, in what you say. It's a cherry on top, but I also think it's a place that we need to secure. Whether we can get Sessegnon or not, I think that young left back is definitely a bit that needs to be filled this summer. Absolutely, um, Alexa Vujic. So uh, we didn't Vujic. get Yeah. Hmm. Why not? Not Dave. Sister. Vujanic. Oh, Vujanic. I was close. <laughs> I wasn't close. You very close. It's just a couple of letters out. Um, so I took some of these questions actually from last week's, because uh, we didn't get too many on the Facebook this week, but we got loads last week we didn't get a chance to. Uh, so anyway, Alexa Vujic, uh, Jovanovic, happy birthday, by the way, for Tuesday, or Markovic, who was worse? Taken Milan for a long time over this year. Milan Jovanovic. Milan Jovanovic has all the hallmarks of when you played Chapman or Fuddyman, whatever, and you search through the free transfer list at the start, and you basically just go by names that you recognise. He Kosinecki. has exactly, but he but he has one of those names because it's got Milan in it. Like Milan Rapace, I think was like a Croatian player. You'd always look at because 
because the Milan thing makes you think, oh, maybe he's a good player. I recognise Milan. Milan are a good team. And he's got one of those names that makes him sound like he's probably a good footballer. And then you click on uh, his stats and go, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, uh, what it, we put it out on the, the t- Twitter. I was, I was reminded of it because it's his birthday again on, on, on Tuesday. The, the, um, that line from Neighbours where it was, he's one of the greatest soccer players in the world. Yeah, he, he, he wasn't. He was maybe one of the better Serbians, but no. No, um, poor old, poor old Lazard. Lazard's doing okay. Not, he's not good enough to play for Liverpool, but he, no. he's doing okay. He's doing okay. Um, he's a footballer at least. He is definitely a footballer. Um, okay, Sean, it's Sean LFC says. Do you think someone like Mares would be worth a punt? Hasn't had the best of seasons, but was unreal last season, and we will hopefully have, hopefully have Champions League. Uh, for me, one hundred percent. Yeah, I could get, I could fully get behind the Mares. I think look. He struggled in this Leicester side this season, but then a lot of players struggled this season mm. for Leicester. I think, you know, he's a guy who I, I almost put him, well, he's ahead of them, but what, the guys we were talking about before, the Zahars, Yannick yeah. um, Balassi is one of those type of players, Traore from Middlesbrough. You know, one of these Hang guys. On, sorry, you're putting him in with no, Adama Traore. He's better. I did say he's, that. Oh, I, I did say he's better than those. Okay. But what I mean is those tricky, fast players yeah. that can affect football games yeah. and just do it randomly. Yeah. And he's done that randomly this season. He did it consistently last season, yeah. and he, he looks to me like a real confidence player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely a guy I'd take a punt on, even even just to mix it up slightly from yeah. Mane. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know what money you'd bandy around, but yeah, you've got to take a look at him. He is a winner at the end of the day. He's a Premier League winner. He's one of them. I, mean, I, I can't see it. He will massively regret having not moved in the summer. Mm. I think, I mean, ultimately, if they win the Champions League, then I think he'll be, he'll be happy with the decision. But I, I don't think he'll be worth as much money this summer as he was last year. I'm not sure the clubs who are in for him will necessarily be back in for him. Um, who knows what the situation at Arsenal is going to be like. I would, yeah, I, he's great. There was a game the other week, and him, him and Vardy just turned it on. They decided they were going to go and win a football match, and they did. And the, the the way he has the ability to go from stock still to pass two men and having a shot at goal, as you say, Mane is the only player we've got. Mo Coutinho can do it, but you know, I think I put him in that. I put him in that bracket with those. I think he's as good as both of those players. And um, we talk about Julian Julian Brandt, great. He is a gamble, you know. He's still young. Can he do it in the Can he do it in the Premier League? Well, there you go. Mares is absolutely prime of his career age. He's what we keep talking about. He is the profile of the kind of players that we would all like to see Liverpool Liverpool targeting. He's not going to cost you sixty million pounds, mm. um, and he would be he'd be good. I would, yeah, I would love to see us make a move, make move, make a move for him in the summer. Um, Brian Savage, Brian Savage nine is Genie our best midfielder since Stevie. Uh, not yeah. quite for me. No. I'd say saying that. Who is? Lalana. Good shout. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I think, to be fair as well, and it's, it's tough because he's been out for a few weeks and we've almost forgotten about Jordan Henderson to some extent. Um, but Jordan Henderson's terrific, isn't he? Um, so, yeah, I think we could. The problem is, of course, is that that's still saying he's only asking best since he's not saying you don't have to be anywhere near as good as Steven Gerrard I guess to fill the quota on that but yeah yeah I'll, have, I'll take Lallana for that one good um, James oh yeah here we go James Bolton Bolty 1991 would you take Defoe in the summer as a backup it's been something that Ped's been banging around on Social Club for a while about how someone like a Man City could have done worse than take a go at Jermaine Defoe because he's one of them you bang him in the team and he'll score some goals for you I think in his at mid-30s 
with no phys- physical attributes whatsoever, I can't see him having any impact for Liverpool. But if he was to replace Daniel Sturridge as our third or fourth choice centre forward, uh the start of well before the Euros, I'd have said no chance whatsoever. I mean, I I, I remember doing a ball seat show and I argued that that's a ridiculous thing that you'd even try and consider taking him to the Euros. Mm-hmm. After seeing him again this season, I've got to say, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think I would take a chance on him. I think, look, he's not going to be on massive amounts of wages, is he? I think, you know, you don't really know what type of Danny Ings is going to come back yeah. yet. Um Sturridge is probably likely to go. He's an experienced footballer. He knows where the goal is. And he's good when you get the ball in the box. When we get the ball in the box to our strikers a lot, it's mm-hmm. about do they get the shots off well enough? Or you, I just I just think, yeah, ultimately, I think he finds space. He knows where the goal is. He knows yeah. how to finish the ball. He doesn't rush his shots. Good player, man. Look at what we've done with... what How Daniel Sturridge worked against Stoke, not how he didn't work against West Brom. But you're right. One of those games where you've got 20 minutes left in a football match and you just need someone to put the ball in the back of the net, you could do a lot, a lot worse. Now, and you consider, pardon me. I, I think it would. A lot of this would. I would be underwhelmed if we didn't sign, you know, someone else. And again, almost like the Ricky Lambert thing. The Ricky Lambert signing makes sense if you buy two more top yeah. quality forwards around him and he goes in as your fourth choice. What you would need to be clear on that is. People would be upset if we replaced Daniel Sturridge with Jermaine Defoe in a general sense. But if you looked at our pecking order, if it was Firmino Rigi, another boss player, and then and then Jermaine Defoe, yeah, rounds out sat, nicely. Actually, exactly, we sound with that. And what you're doing is effectively, although you don't know how well this works out, but you make you're probably set, you're making you're making money, you're making good money, and I know people don't like to, like us making money, but you you're taking fifteen million pounds for Daniel Sturridge, say you're probably paying five million, probably paying maybe even less for Jermaine Defoe, you're paying buttons for them, aren't you? Um, and you are definitely adding someone who can at least score, who has the potential to score as many goals as Daniel Sturridge if you base it on this season. There's no guarantee Daniel Sturridge will ever score consistently again in the, in the Premier League, whereas Defoe's Defo a few years older and still doing it. So maybe, maybe again, last maybe our last transfer. Like a la- if we signed him as our last signing, we got him at the end of July or something. He was like our that. ninth signing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, um, La La Otna on Facebook. Random question for you: Pineapple on a pizza, yay or nay? Yeah, I like pineapple on pizza. One hundred percent. I'm totally. I'm all in on pineapple on a pizza. It's probably the. I mean, tomatoes technically a fruit, but it's not, is it? Let's be honest. Mm. It's probably the only fruit that I would find acceptable on a pizza. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll like you wouldn't it. put apple on there, would you? You wouldn't put apple on a pizza. You wouldn't put orange on a pizza. You wouldn't put banana on a pizza. Let's go through all the fruits. Uh, <laughs> jackfruit. You wouldn't put jackfruit Sultanas. on a pizza. No, probably not. Strawberries on a Nutella pizza. Strawberries on a Nutella pizza, shouts Tom. Fantastic. Fantastic. Good <laughs> it's, it's a, a very, shot. very good shout. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, I know. I'm, I have pineapple on my on my on my pizza choice. I like to. I, I, I can't believe it's it's such a it's such a topic that really winds people up. This pineapple on a pizza thing. I've seen it on Facebook, like Facebook lives about it, like with twenty thousand people watching live about well, this. Mr. Window, we missed the window. We missed the window here, haven't we? Massively. Yeah. Uh, but thanks so much for the question. Yeah, I'm because I. I I'm a, I'm a fan of spicy pizzas, but I like to balance it out with a bit of the sweetness of pineapple. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pam and pineapple's a bit. Yeah. What's your What's your favourite pizza topping? 
individually. Mm-hmm. Favorite individual pizza topping? Yeah. Cheese. Okay. <laughs> and that's well, part of the pizza. Well, I mean, you can have extra cheese as your topping if you, if you get extra topping if you want, but ultimately a pizza is cheese, tomato, and base. Yeah. So go. Okay. Um, wow, spicy stunting. beef. Spicy beef. Okay, fair enough. Wow, Wrong sure. answer. Um, it's not spicy beef. It's the it's the, it's almost the worst meat you can put on a you can put on a pizza because it's it's not really meat. It's shit. Corn. It's shit. It's like, do you know that fake chicken in a chicken and mushroom pot noodle? Yeah. That's what spicy beef is to beef. Okay. So what's your, what's your answer? Ndewy sausage. <laughs> Get lost. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's like, it's, it's an Italian Where sausage sell it? that's almost spreadable in Italian delicatessens or whatever. <laughs> so it's like, it's like, it's, it's actually defined as a spreadable sausage and it's hell spicy. Okay. It's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Yeah, spicy beef. So you essentially you're having a pate pizza? No. No. Is it pate's not a sausage, is it? No, but it's like a pate. No. It's a spreadable sausage. It's a spreadable sausage. It's completely Spos- different. Sausage pate? No. Sausage spread? No. It's sausage spread? No, it's not. You're having a sausage, sausage spread? No, it's spreadable sausage. Why is it, why is it not sausage <laughs> spread? <laughs> Because it's wrong way round. <laughs> Lolly ice. <No. laughs> um, okay. Here's a question, actually. Um, I've had a, here's, here's a more of a serious one to get us back on uh, back on track. Uh, at Stroke Matip um, on Twitter. Stroke Matip? Mm. Do you reckon more people should get the opportunity for season tickets rather than people renewing to sell them to someone else? Nah. Right, immediately, no, because that's how I get a season ticket. Um, but I... There is, there is sometimes I think about this the other day about almost like a season ticket amnesty that it would be nice to get some fresh blood in there. It must be massive frustrating. I was to the point where they, I, I'm not on the season ticket list. I'm not because they're not taking any more new submissions for it. So it doesn't impact me in, in in the same way. But if I was like a few hundred away from getting one, that would that would do my head in absolutely. I don't think so. I, I mean, I can see why it would do your head and stuff. I don't, I, in answer to the question, I don't think I don't think it should be opened up every season for people to sign up for a season ticket. I just I just don't think it's like that. It's first come first served ultimately. No, but what he's talking about is the people who have them and and, and sell them on. Is that uh, that's surely not surely not right? It's not right, but it's exactly what I'd do if I had a season ticket and I couldn't make it, like, you know, the, the guy... You wouldn't give it up. No, yeah, why would you? Because you don't know, a lot of it's down to your finances changing or yeah. your job changing or you might have to move somewhere else or something like that. You don't know when that's going to change again. You can get back into your ticket. You're not going to give it up and go, well, I'll just get back on the waiting list yeah. for 18 years. I think the, the, yeah, prob- the problem with that is that, yeah, I agree with that. That's why there's no, there's no black and white on this because I remember me, my uncle had a season ticket and fucking give it up like a divvy. Uh, and my dad was raging with him because he never talking about it because they've got another brother who had to go and get us get a season ticket and he had to work his way around to get to the point where he could then move back next to me next to me dad and that would have been solved by keeping it within the family like you meant to so i don't mind the keeping it in the family stuff pass it down from generation to generation because why would if i oh I, i'm too old to go oh well sorry fuck you son you've got to wait 15 years 20 years to get out get get a season ticket what the problem is is not that it's i think it's the the managed season tickets are the problem and i think it's the people who own them who, who buy them up almost to keep them and they're the ones who are selling the tickets on for over face value and whatever the little industry that's got around it which is not not as good a thing because they're actually the people who are letting people into games who 
you know, who, who I've got control over, letting, it, letting randoms in who maybe don't necessarily appreciate it or whatever. I would like to see, and again, it's impossible, it would be impossible to manage that, it would be impossible to know who that was. But if you could get back to a world where you've got someone who's, you know, who, who can take that ticket at face value and goes there and adds to the, the atmosphere week in, week out, then that would be a situation I think would, would be beneficial. I just don't see how it's possible mm. to possible to, to make that to make that a thing. Um before actually we've got a few more questions, but there's something else that came up last week. And while it's still in theme, I want you to take I've printed these two sheets off for you here, Chris. So last week, uh, Julian Pepper sent in um Best Easter themed player names. Oh I'll start with Vegard Egham, which I thought was a very good start. So we'll work our way through these. Dave McCluskey, Simon Mini Eggs. That's all. Yeah, that's that's all right. Uh, Dominic Charters Cup with John on it. Rise. Mm. Sunny Hippie. No. Patrick Becker. No. Carl Hyde's Cream. I mean, if you said Carl Hyde's Creamer. Wow. Carl Hyde's Cream Egg, I think, works a little bit better. At least it, 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 it sort of fits with it. Go on, Stephen Beerman. Cunaguero. Eggwero. <sighs> Egan, Egan Hazard. Egan Hazard's a good one. I Gabriel Jesus is a pun all by itself. Not really. Airless uh, of Barry Venison because we have deer at Easter and Easter eggs are deer. No. Chris Fletcher, you all forgot what creature lays eggs. A chicken. And chickens are fowl. Must it must be Robbie Fowler? <laughs> Doesn't No. This one, I actually like that. I quite like the next one. Okay, Stuart Parkinson, <laughs> Rafa Benitez. Yeah, I'm up for that. That's John good. Dunn, Easter theme names. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Jesus. Bob yeah. McBride, Daniel Egger. <laughs> Daniel Egger, sound. Dwight Yorkey. Christopher McCourt. <laughs> Messi. No. What? Just says Messi. Just says Messi. Rocky Santa Cruz Fiction. <laughs> Peter Ford says, Momo, this cocoa. Sorry, that was shite. It was. And he said that, not me. He said that himself. Emre Khan, I have a thought and egg. <laughs> Peggy Arfix egg. See, but he's missed, a, he's missed a big one here. Jack Griffiths. He's got egg in Peggy. So, yeah, so Peggy Arfix says, so move, go two down from Liam Wright. Peg. Peg. Peggy Arfix egg. So, yeah, exactly. You already had the egg in there. That works better as a visual gag rather than an auditory one. David, I couldn't catch an egg, James. No, sorry, Andrew Paul Benson. Allen. Abel Xavier. Xavier. That's a good one. I like that. Mark Crossley. <laughs> okay, yeah. Mark Cross bonus, I get it then, yeah. No. Nick yeah, Selby. Emil Eggski. Eggski. Fine. Jermaine Easter. Yeah. Philip De Egg. And you know from there, right? This is one of the most the worst. Brian Munching, Rabbit Lewandowski, Maxi Rodriguez, <laughs> John Sankley, Sean Stanfield, Eagle, Egor Biscan, Ovum Ajaria. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's 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 not. Is it Easter themed? Is it over and Easter? Let's just get Easter, through this. Lewis Allen, Jamie Carragher, Carragher, Carragher. Yeah, sound Aurelio. He had a great cross. Andrew Lewis. No, 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 no. Um, okay, let's. <laughs> and people complained at me for playing FIFA and not taking three minutes out of their life. That was great. Um, so yeah, we're uh, we're gonna wrap the puck. <laughs> 
the podcast up there. If you want more Is questions this another from Easter you, because you wrap an egg. No, terrible. Um, yeah, if you want more of your questions, we've got some great ones still still to come. Uh, there's one about if we got uh, we've got some more excellent questions coming up, Paul. No. Miles Tarbox's question was if we had all access passes to Anfield Mel, wouldn't the players staff for a day? What videos would we want to make? We'll be answering that in a moment. Um other than Anfield, what's the best ground we've visited and best away? That's from Anfield Pyro um and Deadly Coutinho as well. Is our squad good enough for Champions League from Manny Mayhem? Should we go all in on Aubameyang from Aaron Ahern? And a couple of others as well. So yeah, if you're watching video form, stay tuned. If you're not, if you're just listening in an, in your ears, with your ears, then yeah. And you want more, go over to theredmentv.com and sign up completely. And while while you're listening month. with your ears, use your fingers to write a review on iTunes again, of course, please. Absolutely. But yeah, come over to theredmentv.com, sign up uh, and watch the full video version. We're going to get stuck into it right now. Thanks very much, podcasters. And uh, we'll be back next week. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.